to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks and sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our sponsor this week, Native. Native brings the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Canada. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy I don't get to buzz about the, the opening week of the NFL with anymore. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Um, yeah, I was shocked that football started. I'll be honest. Like I have so given up on that as a sport for reasons. And then I just, you know, logged onto Twitter to do my doom scrolling. And I was like, wait, college teams are already two and oh, does NFL <laughs> games. It's still a hundred yeah, degrees out. Like what's <laughs> I, uh, I grilled today. I, uh, we watched football with the kids. It's a Broncos, whole new world. Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. No, Broncos. no, no. I didn't even see the Broncos lose. I didn't even see. Uh, you're asking the uh, wrong guy. I'm sorry. I didn't watch the late games. Uh, but uh, Niners won, even though it almost it almost didn't happen. Anyway, I'm excited. It's 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 exciting. Welcome back, Christian. I know you were gone last week. Uh, we held it down without you, but I'm glad to have you back. Oh, I heard. And, I heard you guys talk expletive about me when I wasn't here, and that's fine. Wait, I understand. No. Yeah, I heard it all. We I heard it. It's okay. You had Lana fill in, and then I hung out with her IRL, so it's fine. I get yeah. it. I get it. I real. I, I I got. I got my just desserts. I guess. Uh, well, I got just one. dessert. She brought donuts. It was real delicious. She asked me what she should bring. I know. I, like, I heard, yeah, and you did do yeah, it. You did good. You did a good job. I did Thank good. You. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, we got lots to talk about. Oh my gosh, there was a PlayStation presentation uh, with tons of really fun tidbits and things to get excited about. And I think we might have the perfect guest to talk about that with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am so excited because DLC stands for displaying laminated cups. Because we have the creator and host of the Trophy Room at PlayStation Podcast, Mr. Joseph Moran, joining us for the first time. Hey, Joe. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. And can I say something, Jeff? No. You have un- – okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. nice. No, you're here to say stuff. <laughs> yeah, please, yeah. say something. You have the best intro ever. Well, yeah. I really do want you to say stuff now. Yes. I appreciate it's, it's that. Amazing. That's nice of you. Thank you. You bring the energy each and every week. I love the intro music. I love the energy. It's just, it's it's unmatched. And I'm so excited to be here as well. I, I appreciate it's, you saying that. It's it's clear that a lot of people love the intro music because yeah. it's used all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Is. We should give credit it. to Jeff's family too, because after the episode, his wife and kids are out there with orange slices and towels and they got wraps yeah. for it. Every, you know, they're, they're, they got a cut man out there. He's, you know, he <laughs> puts in man. the energy. <laughs> yeah. They're always trying to throw in the towel on me and I don't want to. <laughs> now, I, I do need to ask something uh, for you, Christian. What type of donuts did, did, 
did she bring? Uh, I don't know where they're from, but they were delicious and they were consequences themed. They were yellow and pink, which was amazing. And I had to put them in the fridge because she told me that there were like no preservatives in them. They were like a fresh donut. I don't know why I did my ancestors uh, accent on that one, but um I don't, I don't think, think donuts, donuts are Italian. Italian. Are they Italian? No, not. I don't no, think not so. Italian. No, no. My uh, grandfather is very upset with me right now. Um, <laughs> but they were delicious, and I've been eating them all day. And it's the best. So when I crash an hour into this show... You will know, you know why. why. Well, that'll be, that'll be uh, <laughs> half an hour later than you usually do. So that, yeah, that's thank good. You. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's, uh, let's jump in. We got lots to get to this week. So let's start the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the week. It's the story what? of the week. It's never story done that to that one. It sounded good to me. It's never done that to that one. Whoop. What do you mean? Oh, now it's fine. Listen, listen. It sounded good. No, no, it's fine. It's, now it's high pitched. What is happening? It, it, it sounds good. It sounds, it sounds good. good. It sounds good on my end. It sounds Jeff. normal to us. Yeah. Are you messing with me? No, I, I would never. Mm-mm. It was super slow and then it was yeah, super sped up. You guys said no, it, it was normal? No, it sounded the same every time you played it. Well, you know what, listener? You be the judge because I'm not going <laughs> to edit it. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it in. Hey, story of the week is usually the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. But it feels like we just got to talk about the PlayStation showcase because that was the biggest event of the week. And there's tons of stuff in there. Uh, you can always submit stories by the way, for our consideration by heading over to, uh, well, sending us an email is probably the easiest way. DLC feedback at gmail.com is where you can send emails about whatever you please, uh, comments, questions, stories of the week, but also we've got two locations with fun folks that you can hang out with. One of which is the subreddit. That's at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. The other is the Discord. Great folks there too. 5x5dlc on Discord. Get in, hang out, become part of the community. But uh, instead of saying, what is your story of the week, Joseph? This week, I'm going to say, what is your favorite announcement from the Sony PlayStation Showcase? As I live and breathe, it has to be the Wolverine. Let me tell you. (laughs) Snicked. Uh, yeah, we got, we got full on snicked, uh, by insomniac with the, it's a teaser. It's all CG, no Mm -hmm. actual gameplay. We don't know much, but we know the folks that made the Spider-Man are making a Wolverine game. And that's pretty much all it takes for me to snicked myself <laughs> oh no that sounds terrible clean show this is a clean yeah clean no it sounds like a botched job and snicking snicking yourself is when you're tied up and the only way you can escape is by you know oh, shooting yeah. your claws into yourself. it always happens logan always yeah. just has to inflict self wounds yeah, yeah um, he is mel gibson and lethal weapon like the only way you can get out is by doing that one shoulder trick he knows how to do in every yeah. movie you know uh so joseph yes what are your hopes and dreams for a, a Insomniac Wolverine game? Because I would submit to you, mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree, but I would Please. submit to you the Wolverine Origins video game. Pretty darn good at the time. Terrible yeah. movie. Pretty Absolutely darn good garbage. video. No, we've, we've seen, I think, I think a pretty yeah. decent Wolverine video game. Absolutely. What What does Insomniac do that makes it stand out, that makes it uh, have the kind of... Uh, reception that we all gave the spider-man games i think it's crazy to think where people like oh you're right all we saw cg and people lost their minds because 
we trust Insomniac. They've yes. done such a great job with Spider-Man. So we don't even like, yeah, we don't know if this is an open world game, if this is a, you know, like a narrative driven. We just know Insomniac's making it. Ergo, we have to be excited for it. Yeah. I hear a lot about that Wolverine game. I never personally played it, but the one thing I keep seeing, or there was a tweet that I saw where, um, as Wolverine gets more damaged, like you see yeah. his muscle and his skeleton. Yeah. I would cool. like, I would like that to be the health indicator. Like no health bar. It's just, you know, Logan's all messed up and how messed up he is is, you know, how much closer he is to death. I think what I want the most out of this game is actually what we've seen from one game in particular that's not out yet. I would love a Sifu-esque, you're in Ooh. one room, <laughs> bunch of dudes, and you're just, you know, fighting it out through each corridor. Yeah. Because when I see Logan, it's in those fights, they're really like tight spaces of fights. And so I want to see that in, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a Wolverine video game. Because, like, if it's, like, you know, wide level design, like, akin to an Uncharted, you know, 4 in Madagascar, I don't feel like that's Wolverine. I don't feel like traversal mm. is Wolverine's thing. I think it's more about just into the next room, into the next fight. I, I, love, I love that take. Uh, you yeah. know, it makes me think about the the spider-man by way of uh batman arkham style fight that insomniac has delivered multiple times now that is so satisfying and a lot of it is this improvisational spidey picking up whatever's around and using it and web webbing this and yanking it down and having a lot of that environmental interaction i think if you can do that with wolverines much you know harsher more violent really more uh lethal uh style it'll be interesting what do you think joe do you think it's going to be a uh a more sort of pg-13 version of wolverine or do you think we're going to get slicing and dicing and blood and guts i think we're gonna get the blood and guts Uh, a lot of people are pointing out that the the trailer itself you have to like carbon date yourself you know to to get the trailer running so yeah that alludes that it may be rated M, but I want it to right. be an M rated game because, yeah, I think Wolverine I think, feels like an M rated hero in a lot yeah. of ways. You know, he's like got he blades curses. in his hands. He's got blade for hands, and he's always, again, he's always inflicting damage on himself. So I feel like, <laughs> in the the one thing that we never give, I think Insomniac credit for because we always look at him going, "You're ratchet and clank guys. I, lo- I love you guys." Is they're also really good at telling mature stories like Resi- or not Resident Evil, uh, Resistance, right, right, or uh, Sunset Overdrive, right. Like they could they could do the cursing as well, and they can do it really tongue in cheek and funny, and also be that serious tone that we know of like Resistance being. So yeah, I would love this to be a more mature tale. Christian, those who have uh, spelunked into the trailer have uh, mined some interesting Easter egg nuggets. One of which is the fact that he seems to be in a bar in Madripoor uh, from, from the comics. Don't know if that is a hint as to where the game will be set, but same question I I gave to Joe, what are you hoping for? What sets this apart? Other than we know insomniac makes great games. Dazzler playable dazzler. (laughs) Playable dazzler. (laughs) I I need uh, you know, I need to play. Um, I, I I like Joe's answer, and I think I've been replaying a lot of the Arkham series. Um, I, I go back to it fairly regularly, 
And while Spider-Man's combat is clearly based on that and Spider-Man went through a bunch of iterations before they kind of the team landed on that as their combat. And it's, you know, similar, but different in terms that Spider-Man is much more acrobatic. If you go back to those Arkham games, yes, Batman's flipping over people, but it is a closer camera, brutal, you know, it, it is harder than um, the punches and everything seem like one punch is a big knock than yeah. Spider-Man who will come in and do like four punches as he whips around somebody. So I think that basis of combat could still be used for something like Wolverine. You pull the camera in a little closer. He's not bouncing off walls every which way. But if they look to tweak things some, um, I'm not suggesting he use guns here, but I think something akin to what would Max Payne 5 be like? You know, not, not even Max Payne 3, but like taking bullet time, taking that pushed in camera a little bit. And I like Joe's idea of, yeah, Wolverine could be in a tight space and kind of breaking through things. Um, there was the Punisher video game that has aged not incredibly well, but it was very gory. And they had some cool moments there where Frank would like break through a wall to grab somebody. And I think stuff like that, you want it to feel crunchy in a way that Spider-Man doesn't. Um, And so I I hope there's something that kind of differentiates it from Spider-Man. But that said, every time I go back to the Arkham games, I'm reminded about how much crunchier that style of combat can still feel. Um, And I I think it is going to be an M-rated game, if I had to guess. Sony has shown their willingness to do that, and God of War is wildly successful, and it's that crunchy combat, and it's not pulling gore you know it, it's yeah. going for it i, well, it's I like that one as well if you, if you don't mind me cutting no, off please. for just a second because wolverine does have to have a, a a bit of a balancing act because yeah like spider-man is similar to to arkham for sure but also ghost of Tsushima's combat as well is mm-hmm. very Excellent. similar so wolverine has to has to provide something that's different enough not just to compare it to arkham but comparing it to its own slate of studios. So it's interesting. Me, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think this is, I, 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 I'm hoping that this isn't going to be just as simple. All right. Something similar to Spider-Man or something similar to Arkham. I really hope they, they do something that is, um, I like what you said, crunchy close up, but something different. I don't know how they do it because I'm no game designer, but yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think they have, a challenge. I, I don't think you can just reskin Spider-Man, right? Because so much of what they got right about the Spider-Man games is traversal and this marriage of a really dynamic ranged and melee combat dynamism that Spider-Man can do. He can shoot webs from far away. He can, uh, you know, hang in the rafters and web people up. He can, and he can also get in there and, and do fisticuffs. Wolverine, that doesn't feel right to me, right? I, I I don't want to see a Wolverine that is leaping great distances. I know all the video game iterations of Wolverine, even down to, you know, Marvel versus Capcom fighting games, have some sort of like leaping Wolverine. But I would love it to feel a little more, a little slower paced, a little less bouncing all around the the battlefield i would love to see if they can figure out a way to make that satisfying i mean Mm -hmm. even god of war has the benefit of this ranged axe and these big ranged you know uh chain attacks wolverine doesn't have that i mean 
you could certainly do Wolverine uses his claws to slice something out of the environment and chucks that at people. But that just, it just feels like a cheat. And and I would love yeah. to see how they deal with that, how they change the the 30 second of fun repeated loop away from the Spider-Man modality. Even the Batman, you know, Batman has this, that same dynamism. He has that yeah. same... Uh, marriage of batarangs and 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 you know you can hit guys across the across the battlefield as uh, as well as punching them close up that doesn't feel like wolverine to me wolverine feels like you know that that classic frank miller cover where there's 400 uh ninjas on top of him and you just see his claws and his face popping out that's what feels wolverine feels like he's just scrapping you know and uh, i hope they figure out a way to make it feel like that yeah i think that'd be cool yeah i there are versions in the comics and some of them are like the old man logan approach but there are, are certainly comics out there where wolverine is faster and you know sure. being thrown by the hulk or colossus sure. or whatever but then there are also versions of him where i i feel he almost reads more akin to mike myers like he's like a horror <laughs> he, he walks slowly you, oh, you I can't thought you meant the killed. Canadian. My, oh, no, I thought yeah. you meant uh, get in my belly, <laughs> groovy uh, baby. Yeah. yeah, that's Wolverine no, no, no. to me. Hall- <laughs> <laughs> Halloween, Halloween. But he yeah. is a stalker, and he can sniff you out from whatever it is a hundred miles away. You can't kill him. He's not aging. He's taking his sweet time, smoking yeah. his little stubby cigar, constantly walking after you. It, it's intimidating. I, I would love, I would love to see that chat has mentioned like a souls type combat could be interesting. Mm. Um, and I could see something like that, a Sekiro style where you, you're getting in there and yeah, as, as a, as a bloodborne Stan, uh, you're speaking <laughs> to my soul chat. I love it. <laughs> what, if, what if they completely reimagine the idea of health as a resource? Right. You have this opportunity with Wolverine. We've already kind of joked about him, you know, injuring himself because he knows he has a healing factor. What it, it would be interesting, you know, every every character in every video game has a healing factor, right? <laughs> Hide behind a box long enough and you heal. But what if they reimagine what health is in a video game and you can literally injure yourself on purpose? You know, you, you can use it as a resource in ways that maybe other video games don't let you. I think there's an opportunity there that I would like to see them pursue. That's the thing about this game. There's so many opportunities because I think just like Spider-Man um, w- with Insomniac, they're in this weird phase where, you know, there is no main lead for Wolverine anymore. Right. Yeah. Hugh come back. But until he does, um, they have a great opportunity to go. This is what Wolverine is. And because we've been divorced from time so so much, I don't think we're going to have that. Eh, that's not what he would do type of thing. Right. And so I think that gives them a lot of leverage because uh, Insomniac's really good at taking what I think the casual audience uh, like myself love about these characters and then sprinkling in that, you know, that stuff only fans you know, could, could go back to like, I didn't, I didn't see that there's a, a license that says the Hulk on it, but right. like three minutes in, I already saw people on Twitter. That's you, you see that and there's yeah. this thing here in the match report and like I patch so. on the, on the bar. To yeah. Be and it'd be interesting to see, or, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people speculating that there may be some sort of 
insomniac cinematic universe where we have a Spider-Man and Wolverine living in the same world at the same time. That's kind of fun. That'd be rad. Um, but interestingly, you know, the other insomniac teaser was that Spider-Man 2 with Venom, um, which I'm sure, Christian, you're excited to talk about. But the reason I bring it up is it ended with 2023 which is seems like a far far off, but also kind of leads me to believe that Wolverine is farther away. If Wolverine didn't have a date at all, a year uh, at all, that it feels and like not, Spider-Man says like captured on a PS5. Right. Uh, Wolverine straight up says not gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like uh uh-uh. uh. So yeah. I think I think Wolverine is is real far away. Uh, interestingly, they interesting that they are announcing it now or letting people in on the fact that they're making that game now. Uh, but I, I think we're many years away from it. It's, if 2023 feels like their next big release, maybe then uh, it's, you know, 2024 or five, probably at the earliest, which is, it just seems interminable for ex- as excited as I am, but who knows? The good news is there's Marvel stuff. Hopefully, like hopefully uh, midnight suns, you guys talked about it a yeah. lot last week um you know i I hope that there it seems like marvel really knows what they're doing right now and guardians and then hopefully that drip feed of games you know continues and and we're able to wait but yes i agree wolverine if i had to guess is is further off than spidey 2 um but my goodness it looks good and i think uh i think it was friend of the show david ellis that tweeted out uh something along the lines of, you know, when studios release these CG trailers, they're as much a calling card to come work at our studio mm-hmm. as anything else. And I think like in that regard, hey, you want to work on some, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you want to work on some dope I'm, Marvel I'm properties. Ready? Yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll go work on Wolverine, please. I always uh, think sure. about if, if uh, again, I'm sorry, I'm no, interrupting. It's, all it's working. It's great. That's how it works. That's how it goes. I'm, I, I'm thinking like as the PR person or the developer that's working on it, like, how do you keep that energy inside? Like you're mm. working on Wolverine, you want to yell it from the cliffs. Well, yeah. that's you don't. Thing, what you do is you tell David Jaffe, and then a week before <laughs> he tweets out a tweet with a couple of misspellings in it that spell yeah. bub, and then he goes, "Told you guys two weeks ago, it's <laughs> going to be amazing." David yeah. never change. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christian, what was uh, your favorite bit from the uh, Sony presentation? Yeah, I mean. It's got to be God of War gameplay. Spidey 2 was great. Uh, that was less of a shocker to me just because, you know, I expected, uh, not even expected, straight up said, you know, like, this is a thing that's happening. And we got to see a deep dive, not a deep dive, but a good amount of actual in-game gameplay stuff for God of War Ragnarok. And it looks, it looks real good, y'all. Like, yes, this looks like more of the same in, in many ways, but I'm hundred percent okay with that. Um, but it looks like it's building and, you know, continuing this emotional story and, and building a cast of characters I've come to love. It, it looks awesome. I have God of war ranked as my number one video game of all time. Um, it's, I, you know, I always say my favorite video game is Ultima seven. Uh, I always say the, you know, objectively best video game of all time is Tetris. But I, if some for my money, if I had to Tetris. rank, what's that? It's only some versions of Tetris. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if I had to rank, you know, the the best video games, I I put I put that God of War remake that what twenty eighteen was it? Yeah. Uh, 
I put that at the top of the list. And so I am more than thrilled that we're getting more of that game. I, I think it is a level of artistry that shows you what video games are capable of, uh, story-wise, combat-wise, length and breadth, uh, world-building, themes, the way that the, the camera was one single shot. Like all, all of it comes together to just create a, an exquisite work of art, in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't want to take anything away from how excited I am for Ragnarok because I am. I mean, I, I cannot wait to play that game. I love this, this look of Thor. The, they released the character shot of Thor a little later after the trailer. All we get in the trailer is the hammer. Uh, but I love how they're making Thor this sort of big, rough and tumble kind of messy dude. It was uh, like a I, world I just, strongest man, you know, like put yeah. a chain around his neck and have him towing the 747. Oh, he, totally. Runway. Yeah. He I love all like, of that. He looks like my co-host Kyle, but like his <laughs> doppel, like his evil doppelganger. <laughs> That's you amazing. Know? So I'm just like, oh my God, they, they got Kyle in the game. What are they? Master <laughs> to Kyle. I know. He's looking strong. Um, <laughs> so I say all that and I, I want to emphasize how excited I am for Ragnarok. But it's interesting how profoundly uh, surprising and different the 2018 God of War was, the look of it, the, the where the camera was positioned, how that world, all the characters, everything felt so fresh and exciting. And like you said, Christian, it's more of the same, which is great. That which way. is I'm- I, I'm well, willing to be surprised. I mean, we didn't even know we got the chains, 2018 spoilers, right? Until you know they hit. So I'm I'm willing to oh, think yes. there might be something here. But yes, it looks there was a continuation. They held back a lot in the marketing of that game. To their credit, I love that they held back a lot. Um, I remember I went to a press event. And we played like the first four hours of it or something, two to four hours, whatever it was. And I felt like, oh man, I'm just seeing a huge chunk of the game. It's like, no, the game's 40 hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> So you're right. Like there's maybe there's a lot lots more, but I just think sort of fundamentally on a you know mechanical level on a just the presentation you go, "Oh yeah, no, this is a sequel to that really groundbreaking game." And and so my question to you, Joe, is yeah. does does this sequel need to push forward any other elements mm-hmm. or can it just continue to tell that great story and just give us the next chapter inside mechanics that we've already fallen in love with and, and no work well. You know, you guys both hit on something. It was just, you guys said something along the lines of, yeah, we know this is going to be good, but I'm not, it, it seems like you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. You're like, I'm, I'm whelmed. And <laughs> it's kind of the same feeling I have. No, too. I'm all in. I mean, this You're is all been, in. I, I'm all, I mean, you asked about last week, Jeff, if yeah. I'm getting the Aloy statue for two. I'm not. I'm not getting the Aloy <gasps> statue for You're Horizon not? 2. I don't need that big elephant thing. I don't have the space. Uh, Kratos statue? Cut, cut to two months Sign from now up. when yeah. you order it. Yeah. No, Kratos and Wolverine. You tell Wolverine. make space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this art was from first grade. We don't need it anymore. <laughs> no, I'm in. I, I, I think this is my most anticipated game right okay. now. Yeah, because for yeah. for me, it's it's like yeah, God of War is a masterclass. It is it is simply a perfect game. 
Um, like I, I like to talk to my good friend of me, Luke Lore of the Xbox expansion pass. He's a good little kid and he's just, he's the played show. it. Eh, is he really though? <laughs> just, let's just keep calling him a little kid and, and yeah. just have fun with it. And just then pat just... him on the head. But he, he's, he actually got to play it last year. He's just like, this game's legitimately perfect. Like I can't find a flaw. And every person that I, I, I either give the game to or tell them to play it and they play it. They're like, yeah, this thing is, this thing is something else. And when yeah. I take a look at the, that trailer, I'm like, and it's more of that thing. And I'm in and I'm excited. Um, and that's why maybe it doesn't carry that oomph because, you know, 2018 reboot was something of, um, it, it was, it was an unknown variable. It was so different and a departure from that we had so many questions and I answered it so well. Um, so for me with Ragnarok, I'm more excited about, they said, this is it. This is, this yeah, is, this is the end the of the finale that of the Norse. Yeah. Which so- is, I don't, know, I don't know how to parse that exactly, but exactly. it does sound cool. <laughs> because it's breaking that, that usual chain of, you know, the three acts. Yeah. And it's just like, this is the story we're going to tell. And when it comes to, to Thor, that voice actor uh, who plays Opie from Sons of Anarchy is so great. And just yeah. this one line of like, are you a reasonable person? I love that line. The delivery felt felt impactful. I don't know why. It just it got me so hyped. Yeah. So for me... Uh, this was, I think, the second from the Wolverine trailer of let's get hyped. I'm all in. I'm so excited. When that, you know, three foot tall statue comes in, I'm all in. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, in terms of like more of the same, potentially, I would just like to point out Uncharted 2, Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed 2, The Last of Us Part 2, Halo 2. Like yeah. there are some really great twos out there. Yeah. Someone's gonna get mad at me for including Halo Two. I will stand by it. Gears no, of War Two, like, yeah. well, not Gears of War Two, but yeah. No, what? <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, right. Gears Two multiplayer is where it was at for me. That was Oof. the one that that brought everything together. It's Gears uh, One, or Get Out. In, all right, I'm sorry. Uh, you're gonna have to leave the show. Uh, Joe and I have to go on a Gears tangent here for a little. <laughs> exactly. <bit>. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, like I said, I, I took great pains before I kind of raised this topic to say how excited I am for Ragnarok. I, I have no doubt that game is going to deliver. I just think it's going to be, you know, I love, I love God of War. I started replaying it on PlayStation five and I like, couldn't stop. It's just so good. And I have no doubt the second, th- this one's going to be good as well. I'm really hoping they haven't really specified unless I missed it somewhere, but they haven't really specified whether they're retaining that single camera they uncut. Are. They are? Yes. Oh, yeah. they, they, uh, I did not catch that they announced mm-hmm. that. Very glad to hear that. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be wonderful. It just struck me when I saw it of like, oh, they, they did all the inventing already. The inventing has happened. They are now just delivering on this great, the great chassis that they've already built, you know? And I think that's great. I think that's fine. It just made me go, oh, there isn't much in these trailers other than, yeah, I'm getting more of this game and that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, whereas, what was you your, know, like, what was, oh, I'll say, where, I'll say you what know, was whereas, your thing? For example, like, you know, the, in the Spider-Man 2 trailer, it's like, oh, it, it seems like they're hinting at co-op with the two Spider-Mans, you know? I don't and, think so. I don't think so. Ah, it would be awesome if they did, though. Wouldn't that be, it would cool? be, it'd be cool? There were two Lombaxes. But not on the same screen at the same time, standing next to each other. Yeah, there was. High-fiving. Yeah. I don't think well, they did not, that. 
Don't kill I mean, this for us, Christian. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Give us hope. How dare you? How dare you? Christian? I want to play. I want to be Miles and my brother be Peter, and we're going to have fun. Look, yeah. I will also buy that statue. What I'm saying is, I don't have room for the regalia <laughs> elephant, but I have need- room for other Sony statues. Any more statue room? Um, yeah. Lots more here to talk about. I think you guys have taken two of the big biggies, obviously. Mine was the first thing that made me pop in the in the uh presentation which was the kotor confirmation we have heard for a long time that kotor was happening the remake of knights of the old republic i liked the fact that we got this kind of cool confirmation although i was disappointed that we didn't get to see anything i like the fact that it says remake not remaster remake i want full on like give me the you know shadow of the colossus treatment on this bad boy Give me the Demon Souls. Yeah, yeah, shoot for the, yeah. We want RE2, Demon Souls. Yeah. Shadow of the Classes was great, but like, let's let's strive, you know? Yeah. Uh, So a little bit of a bummer that there wasn't more meat to that announcement. It feels like that's another one that's pretty far off. Um, Whereas we've heard, uh, we've heard rumblings that they've been working on a long time. So I was hoping it would be a little closer to release, but and I mean, those games are incredible. The, the first Knights of the Old Republic is an amazing game. And if we get it looking like, you know, what Star Wars games can look like now, uh, what the Respawn, you know, Jedi game looked like, yes, please give me that. What, what do you think of the console exclusive? Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's a heck of a get for Sony. Heck of a get. Um, and it, it, it's one of those things where it's, I don't think it's quite Final Fantasy comes to Xbox kind of. Right. Maybe yeah, you're that right. same Kotor megaton. Was, but was kind of synonymous with Xbox, right? It was, it, yeah, yeah, it was Xbox. And this yeah. feels this feels this feels big to me. I think it's been long enough now that, you know, Kotor is a game where it's like people that are my age when I played it weren't alive when it came out. You know, like it's it's yeah. had it's it's been a while. And if this game looks like as you mentioned jeff what star wars games can look like now i think this could be a a a system seller it's pc you know i think at launch and then i think it's in a a console exclusive launch so whatever that exclusivity is but i think this could be this could be big for them yeah yeah sony knows brands (laughs) let's work with as many (laughs) as we can they know disney right now right like yeah yeah. they're they're good friends right now um (laughs) this exclusive stuff is is pretty big because yeah like Kotor is or was an Xbox exclusive, and now it's a PlayStation timed with a question mark exclusive. And um, it just shows that PlayStation's not getting around. They're really trying to go after some ta- not just talent, not just studios, but the IP that they know people are going to care about. The only thing I'm a little worried about is the people making it um, because they're relatively unknown in this space at least to to people like me you know they they've worked with aspire is it aspire who's doing aspire Aspire. yeah yeah Yeah. they've worked on uh ports uh was the latest one was uh republic commando which is still a great game it still holds up and it was a really fine port but when you're talking about we're remaking knights of the old republic (laughs) as a star wars fan and as you guys know big star wars nerd um that lore is very important to us. It's probably the best piece of lore outside the OG trilogy. So 
uh, my, you know, from what I've seen from the big Star Wars nerds like myself, our, our concern is like, what are you going to do with the story? Because we think it's near perfect. Um, yeah, and that's my I, only real concern. My, my inclination is that that's the stuff they're not touching. I, I'm hoping that it's getting a real great, nice coat of paint, you know, yeah. really, really making it look like a PlayStation 5 game. I think that would be, but yeah, let it, let the mechanics work the same. Let the story be the same. I don't think they need to change any of that. I was going to say, do you think you like still turn based or do you want them to I hope do? so. I, yeah. I would be bummed. I, I mean, maybe they're doing the Final Fantasy 7 thing. Uh, to it but i i mean that's one of the things i loved about that game i that's i yeah i mean at the time i feel like someone's gonna yell at me for this also at the time i feel like it was real-time turn-based like when it came out i mean it's not classic final fantasy like your character's constant you see the things happening you see the numbers coming off the head like if i remember correctly it felt super like this jade empire kind of what um who the original developer Bioware did it was like oh this is the western rpg like look this is it we held it up like simba at pride rock and it was like (laughs) yeah and i'm curious yeah if they do reinvent if i haven't replayed these games i replayed two oh god it's got to be three years COVID has really black holed my even aside from the joke it was five years ago i just it's been like two years of COVID now so it's probably four years ago whenever kotor 2 came out on ipad i like redove in really um, mm, but otherwise it's been, it's been forever for me and i'm curious how if the gameplay feels stale does it need a reinvention or does it still feel fresh because other games have kind of moved away <laughs> from that style of combat I mean, and that's the thing it's like a lot of people have moved away from it and that that's my only concern is like would the masses accept a turn-based star wars game after seeing games like you know, like Jedi Fallen Order, a great example, which is probably my favorite Star Wars game. Um, I, I, I would like a Final Fantasy VII esque approach where it's like a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of real time, a little bit of strategy. I would, I think that's the way to go. Cause I actually, uh, first time Final Fantasy, uh, player with, with seven, I really dug that, that combat system a lot. So I'd love to see that carry over into Star Wars. Lots of questions for the KOTOR remake. And that's really why I was a bit disappointed that it was just, you know, a Jedi walking or a Sith walking out of the shadows and the logo. I'm, I'm hoping we get some more indication of which direction they've taken this remake and how much remaking they've done. But who knows when we will get that information. It seems like this game is a ways out also. I feel like this press conference was Sony saying, don't worry, these games are far enough out. You'll be able to ha- get a PS5 by the time <laughs> these games come Yeah. Out. <laughs> now you read these crazy things where people are saying the chip shortages are going to last into 2023. It's just wild. It is like, wild. Um, lots more to talk about with the PlayStation Showcase. I want to hit on at least a few more games that we saw. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, which is Native. Oh, Native. I have been using uh, Native... Because I stink. <laughs> when I work out, I get stinky and I got to use deodorant. Perhaps you're similar to me. Perhaps just moving around in your daily life, like me, generates an order you find unsatisfactory. You should use deodorant. Oh, but which deodorant to pick, might I suggest? The deodorant that I've chosen, which is 
Native. Native cares about the products that you put on your body. And they're not just about stopping the stink. They're stop about stopping the stink the right way. That's the native difference. And you probably already know, because you listen to this show, about Native's legendary aluminum-free deodorant, but also they have body wash, toothpaste, their brand new mineral-based sunscreen. Ah, we, we can emerge from our cocoons and go out into the sun. Ladies and gentlemen, you may need sunscreen for that. Yes, Native now has a broad spectrum SPF 30 sunscreen for your face and body. It's lightweight, it absorbs quickly, and you can choose between unscented or coconut and pineapple. Ooh, coconut and pineapple. Yes, please. Native is on a mission to overhaul your entire hygiene routine by putting the care in self-care with products carefully made to work against odor that are made with simple ingredients and that also smell great. And you can get their deodorant and body wash in amazing scents like coconut and vanilla, citrus and herbal musk, lavender and rose and more. And I remember when I first started using Native, I was like, I don't even know what those, oh, those are, those smell amazing. My wife, as I have mentioned numerous times, has stolen my Native deodorant multiple times because she loves the the, uh, scent so much. So, Give it a shot. I think you're going to dig it. And you can even build your own personalized product bundles with Native. Mix and match three of your favorite scents and keep them on rotation so you have something for every occasion. Stay fresh. Stay clean with Native by going to nativedeo.com slash DLC. That's nativedeo.com slash DLC. Or use our promo code DLC at checkout. To get 20% off your first order, that's nativedo.com slash DLC or promo code DLC at checkout for 20% off. Also a uh, plastic free, which is what mine all, all are, which is great. I love it. Love that, right? Got to have that. Uh, all right. I want to ask you guys a little bit about Forspoken because this is the most Forspoken footage we've seen. Uh, this interesting new IP that we've heard a little bit about and seen a little bit about, but for the first time we saw uh, real gameplay, and I, for one, I, I still think the title is unfortunate. It just seems like a goofy title. Yeah. But this one is right at the top of, of my uh, anticipated list. It, it looks really, really cool and interesting, cool main character. I love this. Um, I'm always a sucker for like normal world, and then the crazy fantasy world invades it, or or, you know... You, you just mix of like a very contemporary mindset in the fantasy world. I, I just, for whatever reason, I find that fun and interesting. Yeah. And, and it looks like they're going with that pretty directly with Forspoken. Um, Joe, what did you think of the Forspoken footage we saw? Yeah. Um, I, I love a, a big like Jumanji situation <laughs> yeah. happening. You know, for me, Forspoken is, I don't know still what to think about it. But I'm getting there. Like I'm getting excited, knowing like Amy Hennig is is in the credits as well for yeah. writing it. That gets me excited. I love the protagonist. She seems great because she she's reacting like when she sees a dragon, she's like, "That's an effing dragon right in front of me." <laughs> That's what I would be doing, right? Defecating. Like I'm like I'm out of here. No <laughs> way. I'm out. And my bracelets are gonna protect me. No. Um. But the the action seems like a bit of uh. Final Fantasy 15 with what feels like the service weapon in control. Mm, um, where yeah. 
these bracers are doing, you know, like planting bombs. You're shooting like machine gun ask things. You're using it as like a lasso. Um, yeah, I also got uh, control vibes. I, it's an, it's a good yeah. pull. I, I I also was reminded of that game for whatever reason. Yeah. No, it, it, and that's the thing that I think is getting me into Forspoken. It's just the scenery itself doesn't kind of looks a little empty mm. to me a little bit. But I'm I'm getting on board with it. I'm still, I don't know. Christian, are you are you like me? Like, well, I mean, I was like you until you said you didn't know how you feel about this game, and the trailer opens in those first two seconds with that uh, Siamese cat looking like the most adorable cat I've ever seen in my life, and I Fair. was like, I immediately know how I feel about this game. I want it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in. I do have control vibes to it. You mentioned Amy Gary Witta as a like the the writing talent on this game is has me instantly on board. I should say the same about Wolverine and the, mm. the folks at over at Insomniac they have working on that. I'm a hundred percent in. Um, it looks really cool. The only, only thing that rubbed me the wrong way in this trailer was co- the constant fish out of water dialogue. Like mm. at some point it looked like in this trailer that she has pretty good handle on her powers and that she's flying over 10 buildings and shooting stuff. And she's still like, I can't believe I shot something. I'm like, you've, you've killed a hundred things. Right. You can believe it. Well, I mean, you're you doing don't the context from the trailer. So I, I'm hoping that, that doesn't right. get grading, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I thought that was charming. Yeah. I think you should like, get used to it after a while, because you're right. After the hundredth leap in the air, I would start getting used to it. You know? Yes, that's all. That's yeah. my only that's my only mm. nit at some of those some of those barks or whatever that were happening. But I think it looks beautiful. I love the flow of the combat. I love how she's kind of flying around and taking on multiple enemies at once, and it wasn't all just kind of this one-on-one stuff. I think it's super exciting. It's another game though that has been talked about for a while. And I'm I'm afraid the curse of Kanata will hit it, and it will also be a 2023 game, or you know, oh, yeah. whenever we Everything's actually get to see it. But it looks it looks like a game, right? Like we're seeing game, so that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Other big stuff: uh, the Alan Wake remastered trailer we got, uh, and that's that's coming very soon, next month. We're getting Alan Wake Wake remastered. Uh, I loved that that game. Uh, the remaster, it's the same thing that. We always say, Christian, which is the remaster often looks like my memory of that game. I'm like, did they do anything? And then you look back yes. at the game, you're like, oh, yeah, they did a ton. But your memory goes, no, that's that's how I remember that the game. It was amazing. It had the flashlight in the dark and the lighting was yeah. incredible. It, it, looked just no, it, like looked, that. it looked great. Yeah, well, it's exactly the same resolution. No, it looked really much worse than that at the time. Yeah, um, but interesting. A uh, couple of other um, interesting things. Gran Turismo 7 got a very Gran Turismo trailer where it's just like, look at how much time we've spent mapping every piece of metal that just goes into a moving motor car. Look at this car. Now look at your face in the mirror and realize you look like crap compared to this car. Look at this map. Look back at your face. Your face is ugly. We shrank cameras down microscopically <laughs> to be able to inject them directly into the cylinders to get photographs of the interior of every moving piece. Is this Werner Herzog? Werner, <laughs> <laughs> is that you? That's my, that's my uh, imagining of, of uh, the, the turn 10. But, I'd like um, to see the baby turn No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, who? Sorry. I thought people I... were going to yell at me. Polyphony. Um, uh, polyphony. Sorry, yeah, polyphony. Um, turn ten is know. much. It's like this. Yeah, look at this car. We shot down a. I'm just kidding. I don't know why their accent would be. 
<laughs> none of the, by the way, none of them talk like that. Um, anyway, but the narrators but, for the trailers all do. Yeah. Uh, Joe, do yes. you, uh, do you have any other hits or any of those games or, or what was your overall takeaway of, of the whole show? Oh yeah. I mean, anything you okay. want to pull out as we kind of wrap up this segment, um, I would say, well, first off, Gran Turismo, uh, shout out to actually dirt five. Cause if it wasn't for that game and the dual sense functionality of that game, probably would not be checking out, uh, Gran Turismo because I'm awful oh, at racing. Uh, but honestly, I am all, you mentioned it. Haptic. I just want to pause on it. Yes. Yeah. I am all for GT seven and the dual sense controller. Yeah. Like it can't, we just need to pause there. Cause it's, it ha- it's going to be incredible. It's yeah. dirt five did great, but this in-house it's, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. My, my only concern is that it's cross gen, uh, because, you know, I was talking to my, my friend Ains who loves racing games and he's just like the amount of physics, the amount of math that goes into this, these types of games, it's really intensive. So that's like, that's the only concern of which I'm hearing. But other than that, like I love the photo mode where you could just plop the car in any which lane um, and just like do all the little doodads you would in photo mode. And it look awesome. I, I, I'm, I, I really liked what I saw from Gran Turismo more than I thought I would. When it comes to the other trailers, the, the thing about this showcase, and I don't know if you guys agree, because when I first came off of the showcase, I was just like, I don't think this is it, you guys. Like, you really? Us, yeah, I I came off going. There was like twenty five minutes of like I don't really care about a lot of this stuff. Hmm. And for me, it was it was kind of actually blessing Alioe uh, said it perfectly. He was just like, it feels like a thirty minute uh, pre show and then the ten minute show. Yeah, and that was kind of my <clears throat> feeling walking out of it. But the blessing doesn't like Sony or PlayStation. So that's true. He's that. a fake fan. Well, the, <laughs> it's interesting that you know they they grouped together all of the uh, PlayStation Studios stuff, which is clearly the crown jewels. But it was yeah. interesting having that partition. You know, yeah. um, it, maybe that's what gave it that feel. It's like, oh, here's that's all the third party stuff. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, here are our top tier studios and we're going to go out on a. That's, that's what I runs. Yeah. That's what I kind of, I kind of took, took away from that. We were just like, all right, you ate your vegetables and now (laughs) here's the steak. Isn't this going to be great? But so, so for me, I actually came off rather low, but the more I think about the showcase, the more I talk about the showcase, I'm like, it was a very good showcase. Um, yeah. the one other game I'd like to shout out is, um, the Project Eve game. That was yeah. pretty cool. Cause it was kind of like a, like a marriage between Devil May Cry and, and, and like that Soulsborne combat that we know and love. And yeah. so for me, as a Bloodborne stand of which it's been 2,364 days since the launch of Bloodborne. I don't know if y'all know that, <laughs> but he's <laughs> counting. <laughs> Not me. Um, I'm disappointed. I didn't see my baby there. Nonetheless, that game looks like it's going to satisfy the blood portion of the born um, and <laughs> the DMC styleness that I usually can't get into, but with that souls born element, I think I can, I, I liked what I saw out of there, but that's my big, my, my, my big takeaway is it's a very good For show. Half a second. I was like, are they, did they get a Bayonetta game coming? Yeah. Place? I was like, I thought it was a switch exclusive. When it was, <laughs> her suit's so shiny. This is clearly Bayonetta. Yeah, she's not wearing glasses, but there's her hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Um, 
Christian, what about that uh, Uncharted 4 Lost Legacy remaster? Everything's getting remastered. Look, Everything. Look, look, I tweeted out. Remaster all of it. Case, I, I tweeted out something along the lines of like, nostalgia of the video game. Remember that one game you loved? Here it is again. And I was like, you know, having a, a fun little Twitter moment. And then immediately after I, I hit tweet on that, they showed Uncharted. And I was like, I am buying this. <laughs> Dude, if if the PC version supports super ultra wide, which is now my new my new baby, that thirty two by nine, uh, whoo, I might have to play through both of those games again at thirty two nine. Yeah, uh, I, if it does one hundred twenty FPS, because I got that beautiful LE, LG nice. TV, humble brag. Yeah. Um, I one hundred percent in because Lost I'm, Legacy is my favorite Uncharted. That's so that in all the frames. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm in. I thought it was a great showcase. I, I think if I had to pick a nit, it's just like it's a long ways. A lot of this stuff feels far away. Um, but I think they have third-party stuff that's going to carry them, and, and I think they'll be okay. You know, once we get into f- next year, February is going to be Horizon. March is going to be Gran Turismo 7. Yeah. And then some of those 2022 games start feeling, you know, a little closer um those back half games in 2023 but right now that was my only concern is they showed a lot of great stuff i i don't know what they're you know showing it didn't feel like that e3 showcase of like play it today play it tomorrow this is out now right kind of thing. my biggest nit is that i'm not already paying a ten dollar a month fee to have all of it mm. you know where's where's my playstation plow Give it to me. Where's the plow announcement? Yeah. Uh, anyway. You know, my biggest takeaway, how awesome GTA 5 looks, guys. Oh, huh? no. Come on. We can't. Yeah, another delay. Another delay. Huh? You're welcome, everybody. It uh, looks real good. But that three game. generations. Three generations. One Dude. GTA. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. Good for them. You know what? It's nice that they can finally make a little extra money. <laughs> God knows they need it. Rockstar. Well, yeah. I should announce now that next week's podcast is going to be a remastered edition of uh, this podcast. Oh, okay. um, we're all going to look a little prettier, sound a little better. Um, Good, we can use it. I yeah, me definitely. <laughs> I <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Hopefully, it all puts right. more hair on my head. <laughs> really good. We don't that's take character our, models. Our, uh, that's our discussion of the uh, PlayStation event. Uh, let's get into the games that we have been playing because there's a lot to get to there as well in a segment we call the playlist. All right, Joe, yes. what have you been playing this week? I have to shout out one game in particular because it is to me also one of those perfect games, mm. and that is Ghost of Tsushima um director's cut i keep jumping back into this game and uh, you know jumping into it back in august i I felt like i was back home like i was just giddy to be in tsushima again i've been playing the heck out of the uh legends mode i just love it so much yeah it's so fun and i say this because i need people to play with me so somebody <laughs> at me on Twitter say, I'll play with you too. And let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's go be ghosts together. Um, the other game that I've been playing is Fist Forged in Shadow Torch. This is from, I believe, a solo Chinese developer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this Forged is- in Shadow Torch. Torched. What did I say? Fist. 
Yeah. No, you said it right. I'm just oh, trying to right. okay, okay. reiterate because it's it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. It doesn't. And again, like I didn't know I said it right, but it's a fun <laughs> Metroidvania. It's not re- trying to reinvent the wheel of what you think a Metroidvania is, um, but it's really picture, you know, your Metroid, your Castlevanias, but in a uh, Final Fantasy seven esque setting, steampunk esque setting, where you're this rabbit hybrid and mm. you're kind of fighting this dystopian oppressive uh, regime. And your main weapon is this giant robotic fist that transforms mm. into a multitude of different weapons. That Where you was get that fist forged? I believe in Shadow Torch. Oh, right there in Shadow Torch. <laughs> it, very convenient, just off the I-95. But yeah, no. It's, <laughs> I haven't uh, been to Shadow Torch in a year and a half. Like, I got Shadow Torch <laughs> delivered like, to yeah. the door, like contactless delivery, but it's been a while. Well, then maybe you're not even aware if it's actually <laughs> been forged there. Yeah. <laughs> They could just say it nowadays, and people yeah. believe it. Yeah, I mean, know. it came with flame broiled grills on it, you know, <laughs> marks on it, so I know it had to kiss the flame. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a Burger King burger. I get it. Is this? But, is, is it? Because this is a game that I was aware of, but then yeah. kind of fell off my radar as you know the deluge of things happen. It, in your opinion, is yeah. it like where, Metroidvania is such a broad? Is it Guacamole? Is it Hollow Knight? Is it uh, GBA Castlevania. I hate to name mm. one because someone will yell that I'm not naming the right one. Yeah. Um, you know where? Because I feel like it, it's a term that yes, it has a a meaning, kind of like rogue like or rogue type, but it also the, the genre is big. Ori is yeah. even between the two Ori's. You know, like Ori one and Ori two. Ori two is much more combat heavy, in my opinion, than Ori one. And I'm curious where this game falls. And do you do I dare say? Do you think it's uh, an essential Metroidvania? I don't think it's an essential one. I think it's a very well-made one. Like if you're hungry for that genre, I think this game's going to going to service you there, but I think um I think it lands in the Hollow Knight, a smaller, way more confined. This is a much smaller game in scope. I really do like the combat and the way you're um using each weapon or how you're cycling through them with each combat scenario. It's it's just not like in the era of an Ori where we yeah. have these, these, you know, like guacamole, it's, it's not that, but it's still a great time for sure. Yeah. Um, and if I could do one little plug, just one little plug, all I can say is that I've been playing Deathloop and you should check out the trophy room this week. Um, nice. on that game. Yeah. Get on that trophy room. Check out the, uh, Deathloop. I got impressions. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, cool. That part is uh, having listened to that episode already. You have to die, and then start it again, and you yeah. have to die. It's a good episode, but I, I I had to restart it twenty times to figure out what you guys were talking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I totally cut you off with a joke about the 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 fist. You have this this enormous mechanical fist. You're a oh, you're yes. an adorable bunny, a, mm-hmm. a giant mechanical fist. And are you? I mean, any Metrovania, you obviously upgrade that and get cool stuff how is the cool stuff that you get uh is it uh interesting and unique or sort of the you know missiles and you know this kind of a more rudimentary path forward it's not it's kind of like a like a meeting in the middle it's 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 familiar um but it's not basic it's 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 essential as you're as you get later on into the game to switch and play as you go so for me, like 
I, I, I love the drill weapon. I love that you could like create like a cyclone that sucks enemies in, damages them with your, with your big giant like drill that turns into a fan. Um, but then like you want to switch it up midway through because there's some enemies that that drill weapon is weak against. So I'm going to go mm. with my fist weapon. I'm going to go over there and, you know, give them a good walloping. But other than that, uh, that's where the, the switch and play kind of ends with, with fist for me. Um, yeah, it looks cool. I'm looking at the the Steam page. Um, it looks like there's a demo if you want to yes. give Fist Forged in Shadow Torch a try for yourself. Looks like there's a free demo. Also, uh, when it comes to the Steam. story, very very basic. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're in it because you want to beat robot bunnies in the face with a big hey, giant robot fist. What else? What else could you need? I mean, awesome. Right. Uh, very cool. Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? There are a few, a, a, a number of games here. And Jeff, I'm going to start with one that isn't attached to these others. There are three games that in my head um, I can I, I want to talk about and concert a little bit. Because I think they all have a... We have to do a concert now? Yes. And I'd like you to play percussion, please. Um, <laughs> um, they, they are all thematically similar in, in some way to me. So what I want to start with um, is Sonic Colors. which. Okay is out this yeah it's this it came out between last week and this week sonic colors ultimate is a remake of 20 not a re yeah a, a repolish a remaster an ultimate repolish you can't add a new term no it's it's an ultimate it's an <laughs> ultimate it's an ultimate of 2010 sonic colors see that clears it right up it is an, an yeah. ultimate of that Sonic Colors came out in 2010 on the Wii, and I think for a lot of people was likely missed because of 2010 and the Wii and what its life cycle was at that point. It is a mostly 3D Sonic game. It certainly goes. We were, to we were all living the Wii U life by that time, you know, the, the Halcyon days of Wii U. You know, Zombie U. That's what I was playing. Not <laughs> ironically, I say that. System, <laughs> I, was, I believed in that console, you guys. I was yeah. sold. <laughs> my my son just asked me if we could bust that thing out, and I've got it in my closet. And I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna reattach the Wii U. I am Go going to. I mean, anyway. most of the Wii U's great games are on Switch now because unlike Zombie yeah. U, yeah. most of them didn't really utilize the interesting part of the tablet on screen gameplay. Um, you, you gotta love Ubisoft, you know. Anytime yeah. Nintendo is like, we got this crazy friggin idea let's, let's do this weird hardware ubisoft is like we're 100 percent in we're we've got <laughs> a launch. development team building a game around that hardware and we're launching it with you and everybody's yeah. like no none of us playing that like okay next one nintendo whatever you got they're usually pretty good though but refocusing yeah. <laughs> on sonic colors ultimate um <clears throat> so it is the ultimate of that 2010 game um i i love this game I, I liked it back then. I didn't play it much. I, I remember being blown away by it on at E3, and there was also a Sonic Colors DS. It would have been a DS back then. Um, yeah, so that's the one I played. And then for whatever reason, when it came out on the Wii, I think it did kind of fall in this gap for me of like where I played it, but I didn't like give it the time it deserves. And revisiting it now, um, I, I highly recommend the game. It's 60 FPS on everything except for Switch. On Switch, for whatever reason, it's still 30 FPS, which is disappointing for a, a 2010 game that the Switch can't run it at 60. Um, and there's this this lexicon of, well, it's a good 3D Sonic game. And that that bums me out. I think it's when people talk about like, well, it's a good Game Pass game. It's like, I understand that 
shortcut you're taking, you know, but is it good or not? <laughs> you know, like, is it a good game? And I will say, in my opinion, Sonic Colors is a good game. Will it be in my game of the year discussion? No, no, not at all. But it is it is fast. It is beautiful. It does the things that Sonic games do really well, where it uses speed both as a tool and an impediment, where you're zipping through a level and then all of a sudden you're just like smack to a stop. And it's just like, well, I, that felt so good to be going so fast. I need to be going fast again. How do I get going fast again? And then like branching through and, and those moments where you can kind of almost set the controller down because you hit this bliss state of Sonic, you know, just bouncing around and almost auto running as you hit those celebratory moments to then be slapped with a, you know, a cold fist again and, and stopped in your tracks. And I, I, I love that. And I love that about 2D Sonic games. And I love what they were able to capture uh and sonic colors and then it what it brought new to the kind of sonic franchise back then and carries forward are these idea of wisps and what wisps basically boil down to are quick mods that sonic gets for a moment where that used to be kind of represented by character switching it's like tails can fly knuckles can climb and now it's I mean, those characters still exist in in Sonic, don't get me wrong. But like a wisp lets Sonic turn into a spike ball that can climb up a wall. A wisp lets him turn into a drill where he can break through certain elements in the ground to explore, to find other things. And it's super satisfying. And Sonic Colors is a game that if you just, you know, mainline, it's what, four to five hours. But it's really built around speed running and finding those moments where you get a cold bucket of water splashed on you and your momentum stopping and finding where those are, memorizing it, replaying it, hitting again. So then eventually the whole level feels like that euphoric state of, you know, blasting through this thing to get the fabled S rank, so to speak. And it does it really, really, really well. The weirdest thing about Sonic Colors Ultimate is the 2D levels are the parts that are the worst because they built this really good, in my opinion, 3D engine. And it feels as if it still uses that, physics for the 2d level so he, sonic doesn't quite have the same the the weight that you would expect him to have and move in those moments um it's super fun i i highly recommend it i think it's great with kids it launched at i think 30 bucks maybe 40 bucks and if you're playing it on something that's not switch it is bright colorful and fast and i think it will you know tear up a weekend in your house it's yeah. super fun and i think most people overlooked it sonic colors i, I got a question for you um I've seen I've seen some videos of Sonic Colors and it running like you're playing Sonic one minute and then it's like you're playing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds type of type of look. It, it looks funkadelic, like it just breaks, just crashes in the most psychedelic ways. Have you run into any of those errors yet, or oh, like bug? No, I've heard yeah. and chat is mentioning Epic Open World is saying that the Switch port has major errors i oh, haven't okay. so i haven't seen switch. those it it runs it runs really well but i have heard the switch has lighting errors and fps mm. problems um i think it, it it plays great i mean it definitely has moments that are bright and shiny but they're intentional not you know not uh not game breaking it's super fun okay. Okay. i might um, check it out again Uh, yeah i I think it's worth it it's hard in the world of too many games i think for a lot of people to to go plunk it down but i think especially if you have kids it never fails maybe still hot where you are it's a a great indoor kid weekend and i think to me at least the my kids rediscovered the kid in me of you can do that level faster 
you know, and not just like putting it down and you're done. They're like, dad, I saw where you messed up. You can, you can do that faster. And I'm like, you're a child. How do you know me so well? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's real nice. Um, Jeff, we've been playing one game in common and it's one of the ones I want to group. So I'll set up the other two and then maybe we can transition to that last one, if that's all right. Yes. So the, the other three games that I've been playing are Song of Iron, which I received a code for. Thank you, Joe. Um, Artful Escape, which is on Game Pass. And The Big Con, which I also received a code for. Thank you, Skybound. Um, and and I'll start with The Big Con and Song of Iron. They are different genres of games. And same with The Artful Escape. I'm not saying they're the same genre. The Big Con, if you were watching this uh, video footage you'd be like, you love the big con because the big con is a Nicktoon wrapped around a light adventure game. I, you know, I, I'd argue where it, it feels like toe jam and Earl kind of like you're walking around and it's very like bunkadelic. And it has like the nineties Nicktoon squiggles kind of dancing behind you for every cut scene. And you're this girl trying to save your, uh, video VHS rental store and your mom's in a pickle and these slummy (laughs) landlords are here to make it a video dome or, you know, like a big box video store and you're going to help her out, but you're going to do it by not doing the, making the best choices. And it's super endearing. And the characters are all, you know, interesting, but very caricature-y, right? It's like, I'm the, this guy, (laughs) and it's like, I'm, I'm the cute sleazeball and I'm the gruff mechanic. Um, but the aesthetic of that 90s nostalgia Nicktoon era thing, if that appeals to you, I think you will easily get lost in, in the big con. And then Song of Iron was made by a solo dev. Uh, and it is a 2D kind of brawler, left to right brawler. But it, it it is, again, very stylized, where if it were pixel graphics, it'd be like parallaxing where like the back plane is moving at a different pace and the trees go in front of you. And then all of a sudden it's silhouetted and it's like a lightning crashing and then a torch comes on. And then it's like this slow melee combat. So again, not the same genre and same with artful escape, not the same genre, but to me, all three of these games represent an underlying thematic idea of pure creative vision of art that they are pushing forward. Like that is the thing for song of iron, artful escape and the big con. There is a core artistic theme that will make or break these games for you. If you're not into that nineties aesthetic, the big con and you don't find these characters endearing. It's just, it's not it. If the plotting combat and it's not Arkham level combat. If the visuals, the striking visuals of this Viking plodding through the snow, don't speak to you. It's not going to hit the artful escape. I'll talk just a smidge. Is like a person reconciling with the music they're supposed to play with what they want to play. But yet it almost feels like a game about the music they're supposed to play. Like they all feel kind of hipstery. And I fully embrace that term. Like I, you could call me a hipster all day and I'd be like, you've seen my Twitter profile picture of me in a, uh, a weekend hat and a bandana. I get it. But like <laughs> all of these games, all of these games feel like that to me. And and Jeff, I'm curious, you know, to maybe turn it over to the artful escape more and you finish it. I have not, but if that rings true for you or it just sound like I'm, I'm, I'm talking nonsense, but there's this feeling of like, 
hey, this is this one hip cool thing, and I'm I need I need to put this art into the world. And if you can get behind it, you'll love it. But none of them are like game of the year groundbreaking games. But my gosh, I'm glad they exist. Uh, I don't think Artful Escape is is game of the year, but it may come up at the end of the year for me in some capacity because I it's one of the biggest most pleasurable. Oh, what biggest disappointment? No, no, it's one of the most pleasurable <laughs> gaming experiences. I, it's hard to even call it a game. Um, I haven't, I haven't played the other two that you are you are grouping together. Uh, I think I understand what you're you, you're expressing as far as a, a sort of uh, resonant uh, connection for you. But I've never played anything like the Artful Escape. It, it, it doesn't. It's not really a game. There's no fail state. There's, it, it, it's a game that just wants you to feel awesome all the time. It, it, it just wants to it, take you to a place that feels pleasurable and beautiful. It's a, it's a game about it's beauty. Yeah. It's a game about beauty and it is one of the most beautiful games I have ever played. Uh, and I adored every single second of it. I mean, it's only about four plus hours long. Um, but, but doesn't it kind of feel like a like again so he's expected to kind of play folk music and embraces this ziggy stardust like this is who i want to be this is very early in the game it's not as i mean literally how the game starts um but but to me it also feels like the game i would see the two hipster folk singers at the coffee shop talking about like you oh the artful escape it is it's incredible it's like it's almost the thing it's reacting against in a weird way does that Maybe. I, I think it's less about the kind of music he's playing and more about the fact that he's in the shadow of his famous uncle. It's it's a it's a it's a game about a kid who needs to reinvent himself because everyone has compared him to a more famous relative of his. Um and it's about reinvention. It's about it's about art, it's about expression, it's it's it, it it's truly one of the most like I said, pleasurable interactive experiences I've had in, in a while. I mean, it is for me, it is similar to, you know, if you're in this Zen state playing Tetris effect or res or flower uh, or journey there, there are those gaming experiences where it just feels so good to be in it and doing, doing it. Could you find um, yourself doing things you don't need to do? At least I did. Like, I have no reason to shred. Like, it's not oh, like yeah. it, it doesn't advance the game, but I'm shredding, jumping, and sliding almost the whole time. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's 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 best to step back a second and explain what, what this game is, such as it is. I mean, it's this uh, beautiful sort of cutout 2D world, uh, and you play as a musician, and what you do is move from place to place, usually left to right, but sometimes right to left. Um you walk, run, and jump. So it's ostensibly a platformer, but not really, because you can fall to your doom, but then you'll start right back where you fell. Um, and it's kind of like a uh, infinite runner feeling game where you're sli- you're just kind of in this zen state of moving forward. And if you hold down the X button, you could just shred on guitar, and it's dynamically creating music that always sounds right um and and it does so exquisitely i mean i'm just Mm. so impressed by the soundtrack of this game um and 
oftentimes just the the mere fact of you creating music and you're not really doing much creation as a player you're just holding down a button for and if most you don't of the game. do it if you don't do it you don't stop like it's not as you don't have to do yeah. it Right. You don't have to do it. But oftentimes it's uh, it affects the environment in beautiful ways. It causes flowers to bloom. It causes, I mean, flowers to bloom is the most mundane version. It goes, it, it, it goes from goes, Harley Quinn walking in a drab gray room to Harley Quinn walking in a Harley Quinn filled room, right? Like yeah. It's, it's yeah. that. I mean, that's a pretty niche reference, but it's accurate. I mean, it's... It, it's it's psychedelic it's uh uh the color spectrum is vibrant and on 11 it is um it's a it's a visual overstimulate i mean you are you are traveling the cosmos uh riding on the backs of floating turtles that shoot laser beams from their shells i mean it is that's just a tiny fraction i mean it is all of that and more times a thousand um and it just feels good to do it so most of the time you're just kind of like moving forward jumping a bit holding the x button then you get to i guess what you could refer to as boss fights but they're not really fights there are these concerts and it it is basically a simon says a game of that old, you know, that old speak and spell Simon game, yeah. uh, you know, will show you a pattern. You repeat it. If you mess up, the game kind of doesn't care. It lets you try again. Um, but again, it feels amazing because you're creating this music duet with these otherworldly intergalactic creatures. And uh, you know, there sport. are times when you get to sort of improvise a song, too, with a bunch of buttons. And you can put a bunch of buttons and it'll dynamically create a beautiful song out of no matter what you put in and that's the whole game it tells a story you meet a lot of really cool characters it has great voice acting great i mean it has um mark strong and mm-hmm. uh lena hetty and um um i mean there's just it's incredible uh, jason schwartzman i mean it's, it's a great cast of uh voice actors um Oh, where was I going? It, 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 it um, it, you, it, you know, it, you are experiencing this. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It has one of the latest character creation moments I've ever seen in the game. <laughs> like it lets you character create in the, like the last half an hour of the game, that's which awesome. I think is brilliant. Cause like, <laughs> and, and the other thing that it does is the writing is so, I, I understand how you would say hipster christian but like the writing is abstracted and poetic Mm. and you're making these choices in these dialogue trees that have impact in the sense of only in the sense of defining who you are and it really is a game about this character figuring out who he is and so even though i knew from a gameplay mechanics point of view Mm-hmm. I was the the choices that I was making bare, bore no effect on the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. I still was really invested in expressing myself in the way that most felt right in in the moment. And it's, it, it's interesting but, you say that because I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm and and I'm I'm hearing the echo of of one of my buddies who was playing it going like, all I'm doing is just, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm holding X and I'm and I'm going going right, 
and it, as video games, you know, it, they, they're special because we're entertaining or interfacing with the controllers constantly, right? Like we're supposed to be changing those movements every, what is that, like 10 seconds. And here's a game where it's just like, from what it seems, it's just like, yeah, just go forward. And still you are immersed in what that story is trying to tell you. And you're because still it, captivated. It, the, the- the act of going forward in this game is so pleasurable. It is the music, the visuals. It is this incredible sensory smorgasbord. It's, it's this, it's, I just loved it. I played it on a giant screen with great audio. I would recommend playing it on the biggest screen you can with the best audio you can. Um, I was immersed in it. I just felt anyway, an example of the uh, example of the dialogue is I'm going to do a bad version of it because this is not verbatim, but it's, it's the kind of thing of like a character will say, how do you feel or something like that? And you'll say, I feel like a sneeze on the wind by a, uh, you know, a, an inverted jackrabbit is one option. And another one is I feel like a cannon blast on the 13th night of the festival on the planet Zebulon, you know. That kind of thing. It's all this kind of nonsense poetry. But if you buy into the experience of what the game is trying to express, I was like, I really, I really want to choose the words that resonate with me. And the game rewards that in the sense that your character is constantly repeating the things you've chosen as a self, uh, um, a self-expression. Um, and it's really all about this character, like finding out who he is, get, you know, a, adopting an identity. And I, I just, it just worked for me. I found it to be so, I mean, it is a walking simulator in the most, you know, uh, negative version of that term. Usually we think of those in, as first person games, you know? Yeah. I happen to love walking simulators. This is like a 2D platforming walking simulator. Uh, which I've never seen before. And I just, I think it's a, I mean, if you have Game Pass, you owe it to yourself to just give it a shot because like me, you may end up wanting to play through the whole thing. I, I kind of want to play through it again. I spent so much time in the character creator toward the end of the game, <laughs> deciding what my final form was going to look like. It's 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 a really unique, beautiful game. And yet another example of Annapurna publishing something special i think that studio every time they put out something i have to pay attention because their games are fascinating yeah i think what you said there of like if uh, trying to quote you from a a few minutes ago like if you buy into what the game's trying to express like about the artful escape to me that rings true for song of iron and the big con as well where like Mm. again like i i don't think the song of iron the combat isn't tight enough to let you feast on that alone where some games yeah you can just do that you know like spider-man is a great game but i can go or arkham i can go and do those combat rooms i love the plot i love the character development but that combat is so tight right. ghost of tsushima legends mode like i, I don't care what's happening to Jin because i'm in the legends mode and it's just like that muscle memory repetition of that beautiful combat in song of iron the combat doesn't carry that finesse for me Mm. but if you can buy into what it is trying to express with its slow you know that brutal combat that isn't as tight as those other games but then seeing the next environment seeing the next traverse how how this 
characters moving through this world. And then the same for the big con. If you're able to get behind this 90s nostalgia, like that's what it's feeding you. That's the mm-hmm. main dish. Everything else is, you know, pouring gravy on top of it and it's delicious. But if you got rid of that thing, that main thing, it's like, well, yeah, the Artful Escape is a walking sim. And you're like, well, yeah, it is. But dude, you got to play it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's I, interesting that there's these three games that for me all hit me across the face with that where, yeah, you could be reductive and be like, it's just this. And you're like, you're not wrong, snarky tweet. But it's the way it's this. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't played the big con. It, it may be this as well. But one of the things that I loved about The Artful Escape is that it is a video game that just wants me to create and participate in something beautiful. I don't kill anyone. There is no one killed in the, in the entire game. There is no violence. There is no, I mean, it it is grand and epic in scale and scope. It takes you to extraordinary places. And yet it just, all it wants from me as I play it is me to experience something beautiful. And that is really rare. I mean, Flower is a great example of that. There are other video games that do it. This one, I think, does it particularly well. It's called The Artful Escape. Nice. All right. Um, that was a big part of my playlist as well. I also want to talk about uh, another game that just came out that I played and fell in love with. And it's called Dice Legacy. This is an indie game on Steam that uh, supports 32 by 9 resolution, which I am all over at this point. You're going to hear me. Why? You're going to get why? sick of me saying that. Yeah, why? I don't understand what, what I mean. Just because your monitor that. hugs you more than your kids do? Is that what yeah. we're talking about? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, all I've ever wanted is something that hugs me. <laughs> And now I find I I had kids thinking they might, but no, it turns out my monitor is the one. Um, It is, you know, I love board games, obviously. And there are a number of board games called worker placement games where you're basically rolling dice. And then based on the, the dice face, the die face that comes up, it allows you to do a specific action and you can assign that die to different, spaces on the board that allow it to activate certain actions. These are very common in designer board games. It's called a worker placement game. The die is a worker. You're using the die to activate a certain action by placing it on us on a space. And oftentimes you're only able to use specific dice or specific dice faces. So if, if you roll, if you want to do a specific action, you have to roll a die face up that allows you to unlock that action. That is the basic principle of Dice Legacy as well. It is a Civ-style god game where you're creating a city. Um, Interestingly, I think very cleverly, Dice Legacy uh, is a fantasy setting. So, you know, it's it's got uh, sort of medieval overtones, but in a sci-fi delivery device in that it is basically a disc world a halo if you will you know how in a halo it's uh, halo the video game yeah, used a very well-worn yeah. sci-fi concept of these disc worlds where 
you know, the surface of the planet is on a loop, the inside of a loop. That's how Dice Legacy is is built. You are on this infinitely scrollable loop that's narrow, but, you know, ramps up. Jeff, infinitely. if I could stop you right there, you had me at Halo and Civ. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking at it and, and I'm not like I am. I am very interested. Oh, it's I think it's a really clever delivery device. It bears almost no impact on the actual playing of the game other than it makes it very simple to constantly be expanding your city because you're not going every direction. You're only going up this loop, right? You're only going forward more, um, which I think is clever and makes it everything very clear. Anyway, the way you play it is... You build buildings and you generate your resource engine, which gives you things that let you build other things, which gives you people that let you work certain things, all by rolling dice. But the catch is every die that you have, which sort of represents a worker, represents a peasant or a merchant or a soldier in your population, has a finite number of rolls before they die. You can think of it as HP, I guess. But every time you roll the die, that number goes down by one. Now, you can build certain buildings that let you recharge that number. And food as a resource in the game is required in those buildings. So if you have a cookhouse, for example, you can stick a die in it, plug some food and then it will recharge that number so your your little peasant or your merchant or whatever does not die so it so it's constantly uh this push and pull of okay i didn't get the right die face up to do the thing i wanted am i going to spend a charge to reroll this die and make it so i'm it, i'm going to have to feed it sooner or repair it sooner or am I going to try to use it in some other way? I think I think this game is brilliant. Um, it basically focuses the Civ style building game into a very narrow scope that I found immediately compelling and super addictive. I've read some reviews where people say it it sort of is everything that it is immediately, and it doesn't become more than that. It claims to be, and you can tell from the title, it claims to be a um, a roguelike, a legacy, dice legacy, right? It isn't really. It doesn't really play out that way in my experience. Um, I mean, there are elements of roguelite in there, but that's not the central experience of playing it is, you know, do a run, die, come back with new powers. It, it doesn't really play out that way. And instead, it, it becomes this very frantic, fun... I mean, it, the thing that I've neglected to mention up to this point is that everything happens in real time. So in all those board games that I've been comparing it to, those worker placement games, 99 times out of 100, they are turn-based games. So you have, you know, you roll a die and you think about what you're going to do and you place it. This game leverages the fact that it's digital and everything is in real time. So you'll have things like, you know enemy attackers coming at you and you need to roll a combat side of the die in order to repel them. But 
Maybe you've only got peasants or merchants that don't even have the combat side of the die, or you've got a soldier, but you've rolled it and it came up with a a, a different side of the die. So you have to, oh my gosh, uh, it, the guy's coming. He's going to set fire to my buildings. He's going to do damage to my city. I got to roll again, but oh no, there's... It's taking away the number of times I can roll this die and it's almost dead and I, I'm out of food and oh my God, it's winter because winter in this game means you can't, your wheat fields can't be used and so I didn't plan ahead. I didn't get enough food before I go and now I'm screwed. It's, it that ramps like up Wednesday. all that stuff. That sounds like Wednesday in real life to me. I don't know if I need that. <laughs> yeah. extra. It ramps up all that stuff because it's all happening in real time. Mm. And you're making all these decisions really, really quickly. You're placing dice on buildings to activate them. You're that expanding. Kind of, you're exploring. That sounds it's kind of tower defensey in that that real timeiness yeah. of like this stuff's happening. You got to get this stuff done. Where you're right, like the board game version of it. I feel like I mean this as a joke, but also half serious. The only thing that happens in real time there is like someone zoning out or forgetting what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and like, but this it's, it does seem like it's kind of those mechanics built in with that tower defense stress which is enjoyable if you know you know that's the gameplay type you want to have going into it yeah that's an interesting comparison it does have that element i mean the uh, repelling the attackers is happens only periodically so most of the game isn't that but Mm -hmm. then when that happens it does definitely feel like a tower defense because you're like oh i've got to you know have you can lock certain die faces in your uh, in your pool of dice. So you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I was for a while. I was like, I got to lock a, a combat thing just all the time to make sure I have somebody to repel an attack. It's, and there's, you know, you can power up dice and you can have one die that works like two die. It, it's, it's really clever. It's beautiful. I found myself, you know, trying to sit down for a short play session and like multiple hours went away. Cause you were being yes. hugged by your monitor. Yeah. yeah, I know. I get hugged by my own honor. Who would want to leave that embrace? It looks like it's on Switch also. Oh, interesting. I've only played Ooh. it on Steam. Um, this, to me, is one of those total diamonds in the rough games that feels like it was made just for me. It's <laughs> super wonderful. I, again, a lot of the people, a lot of like hardcore Civ players that have tried it, uh, that I've read online are like, uh, you know, I figured it out in two seconds. It's easy. This game is easy to win. It's like, Okay, but I had a blast. I mean, I I played six hours of it. Excuse me, I played six hours of it, and uh, I it was one of those things where I was trying to find more time in my week to play this game because it was the game I was having most fun with. That's awesome. It's a blast. I, I love when you're just like you're playing you're playing a game. You think it's like yeah, maybe an hour went by, but it, like you look at the clock, it's like five hours have passed. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like. Yeah, oh, that's that's totally how things. this one was. Dice Legacy. It's it's uh, if you like board games, if if rolling dice isn't doesn't feel weird in a video game to you, give this one a shot. I think you'll really like it as much as I All did. Right. I I think this one's special. Yeah, looks like maybe I love it's, a good RTS. It's PC and I, I'm trying to see if it's on other console. You think if it's on Switch, it's somewhere else also. But right now, I'm just seeing PC and Switch. not necessarily. It's an indie game, so it might just be on Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I also uh, started playing Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous, which is a big 100-hour role-playing game. Also supports 32.9. Um, and, uh, Beat it? I, finish I kept, it? Huh? World credits? No. I, I was constantly playing Dice Legacy instead. Uh, so I will talk more <laughs> about Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous next week when I've actually put some real hours into it. I've only put in like two hours on, on that game. 
I was, you know, I finished uh, Artful Escape, but all I kept doing is going back to Dice Legacy. I was just like, I want to play more of that game. I'll play more of that game. So anyway, there you go. That's on my playlist. Very cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for those. But Joseph Moran, thank you so much for being here, man. It's been so much fun having you. Thank you, man. It was a blast. Thank you for having me. This is I stay past my bedtime for this. This has been a whole lot of fun. What well, a compliment. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I am I am particularly sensitive about that. So we'll, we'll get you out of here as fast as we can. Oh, no. Tell you folks- take your time. You take your time, Jeff. <laughs> Tell, tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the fun things that you do online. Yeah, man. You can follow me over at Mr. Babbitt on Twitter. You can follow my show, The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players, where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation each and every Thursday. Um, and you can find Death that. Deathloop. 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 This week, you should hear a conversation. It's real, man. Well, I can't say anything. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast service of choice. You can find us there and on YouTube, the video version as well. So, uh, yeah. And you can find the tr- show over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. And again, guys, I had a blast. Thank you so much. Oh, and I feel, I absolutely. feel a little vindicated about my evolved thoughts of the PlayStation show. <laughs> again, the more I speak about it, I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking I like this way more than I did. You know? Awesome. Very good. Yeah. I'm glad. I mean, it's interesting that somebody that, you know, devotes a whole podcast to PlayStation, uh, we wanted your opinion about, yes. about the show. So I'm glad uh, it was interesting to me that you were a little less uh, well, positive on it than, than you know what it is. I it's was. not like, it, like I was negative. I feel like, you know, anxiety Joe comes in and you're like, I think you were a little, you sounded negative, Joseph, but it's, it's more of, you know, our podcast is, you know, we appreciate PlayStation, but they are at the end of the day, a corporation who we really do appreciate and admire and, and love are the developers that make these games. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, you know, it, on our show, it's, it's really just speaking from our heart, not necessarily the platform. We're just covering it like a beat reporter would, um, and so looking at that event, I was kind of, I was kind of happy that our reactions were more, I think, eh, maybe sensible or, or maybe <laughs> leveled because yeah, yeah, oftentimes you get that, like, this was amazing. This is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And you're like, I don't, I don't believe that one, one bit. So yeah, you could check us, uh, check our reactions out this week. Cause I think it was a, a heck of a good show. And we did that live in front of our audience as well. We had a, we had a blast. I love when we get to just bring the community together and have fun and celebrate games together. Cause that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Well, speaking as someone who's never had sensible as his strong suit, I appreciate it. I appreciate your take. Uh, Christian Spicer. What do you got going on this week? Uh, Twitter's the best way to see random things that might pop up at Spicer. And then I will say to our listeners, if you, uh, supported my comic consequences, thank you. I think I, I, I think I'm, I, I, well, I have some writing that I need to finish up. The you versus Kara's are coming. I want to make sure that those are tight before I send them out. But I think like physical stuff is out. There are a few people who didn't provide an address and I followed up to them and I still haven't heard back. But if you think that you haven't seen something, let me know. Let me know because I think I got it. I think I think I did it, which is nice and fun. I, I love seeing people's uh, reactions when they get their book and their pens and stickers and stuff like that. It's been awesome. It's been overwhelming. Uh, so thank you for that. 
And then maybe while you're listening to this, or maybe shortly after, I am on uh, Trivia Tower uh, on MinMax with uh, Mr. Ben Hansen, friend of the show. So I'm excited to, that is Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific time, I think is when we are live on that. And you want to, I mean, I'm awful at trivia, which is why I can only help oh, host those shows. Christian, I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. You, uh, Christian you has like, refused to play trivia with me. Yes, same. You could you could be like trivia about things like in my life. It's like, what's your middle name? Uh, oh, it's pressure. Oh, unless oh, the answer Jeff? is five years ago. Yeah, I'm not playing unless the answer is five years ago. Exactly. Um, but I'm excited. So Trivia Tower on MinMax, it is uh, Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific time is when that's happening live, and it should be a good time. Jeff, what about uh, what about your myriad of podcasting empires? Well, allow me to enumerate them. Uh, first of all, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And you can hear me talk about movies and TV shows on the Filmcast, which is at the Filmcast Pod, or you can just search for it anywhere you get podcasts. If you get it, a po- this podcast, you're listening to a podcast right now. You know how to get podcasts. The Filmcast, get that podcast. Also, if you want to hear me talk about science in a funny way, you can learn something. Maybe give yourself a chuckle. We have concerns is where I do that with Anthony Carboni. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. Also, I do sports, uh, football. Speaking of football, which I did an hour and a half ago, uh, I do a a football podcast. Uh, It is a a stream on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash FCF for the fan-controlled football league. Lots of fun there. We're doing wacky picks. And uh, this week we... We uh, we got to draft a quarterback uh, from the NFL uh, that we would that we would compete with each other on, and the way we picked which quarter, we, we, the order of the draft was uh, goose races. YouTube goose races. We bet on goose geeses on YouTube. It's a wacky fun time. Check it out. Also, the Dungeon Run. I do the Dungeon Run, which is a big honking fantasy storytelling Dungeons and Dragons show. It's awesome. Check it out at the dungeon run or uh, twitch.tv slash the dungeon run Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific time for that show. But you can also watch it on YouTube or as an audio podcast works great as an audio podcast. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Let us wrap things up now with our parting gifts. Joe, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Watch Ted Lasso because it's it's good for your soul. So true. It's so uh, true. Here's just a little story. Just a little story. I got COVID back in December. It was awful. Oh, no. Please get your shots. And if you think someone's in your house sick, you tell them go, go get tested. Go get that you know little you know nose thing. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. That show really helped me through it because it's just so optimistic. In the yeah. dark times of which we live in right now, we need a little optimism. And Ted Lasso brings that each and every week. I think it's some of the best written television in a good long time. These characters are just so freaking good. So go go watch a Ted Lasso. It's worth the $5 that... Tim Cook wants. Trust me. (laughs) 
I concur. I concur. Uh, Christian Spicer, how about you? What's your parting gift? There is a new YA graphic novel from DC called Whistle, and it is great. Highly recommend it, Whistle. Um, it's a new hero in the DC universe. She lives in Gotham, and this Gotham, there's no mention of Batman, but for maybe a few, like an Easter egg in a toy shop, you know, kind of thing. And it's a really cool take on the character is great and wonderful. She's a high schooler, and it's very much an origin story, but it's compelling. She's an activist. She wants to make her part of Gotham better. Um, and it's it's also really fun to read another book that portrays Gotham as a living, breathing city, where so often Gotham is, you know, Batman's depression. <laughs> it's kind of all you see of it, or like <laughs> yeah. home to the rogues gallery, or like where the mob sits or whatever. Why does anyone live in Gotham? Yes, and this presents a really cool view of you know Gotham being New York City and, and the parts of it and, and where um, the protagonist lives. And there's a moment where she comes across a the the remnants of a supervillain crime, and she says something like, "Oh, you know, I've heard about these, but I've never seen one before." And it's like, "Yeah, that's cool, right? Like this is a city where stuff is happening clearly, but it's not happening next to you every day. And then how do you live and work in that in that environment?" It's called a whistle. It is out now. It's a YA graphic novel, and I highly recommend it. Very cool. My parting gift, uh, you've heard me talk about the YouTube channel Cracking the Cryptic before. Uh, It was a while back that I mentioned one of my, still remains one of my favorite YouTube videos ever. Uh, It is a, Cracking the Cryptic are uh, a couple of guys that do very difficult Sudoku and crossword puzzles. These are brilliant, brilliant individuals, and they just sit there and they do the most incredible uh, uh, crosswords and, and Sudoku. There was a video I referenced, again, one of my favorites ever, of what seemed to be an impossible Sudoku. It was Sudoku with so little information, and then watching Simon Anthony, who is one of the hosts of Cracking the Cryptic, figure it out and come to the come to the uh, the uh, the the correct answers was so incredible. It's just so heartwarming and and joyous to watch him unravel it through pure logic. So that was what I mentioned, I don't know, years ago at this point, probably months ago at least. But there is a new series on Cracking the Cryptic with that very same Simon Anthony doing something that is not Sudoku, nor is it a crossword. Somebody talked him into playing The Witness. Oh, wow. The video game. And so it is a multi-part series. Uh, he has no idea what he's getting himself into. He starts playing it, and it is joyous. I mean, I am so in love with this man. He's just so open and honest and beautiful. There, there's a moment in the first episode of this series where he starts getting donations <laughs> on his Twitch feed, and he's like, oh, 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 my goodness, they're giving me money. It's like so beautiful and innocent. And watching this mind, this incredible puzzle solving mind work on The Witness, which is a game I was obsessed with for many months when it came out. I remember going to a PAX with Anthony Carboni. We were in the same uh, hotel room and he would go out to all these parties and I would just stay in and play The Witness on my laptop. <laughs> Because I was so obsessed with that game. You're like, Anthony, um, you don't understand. It's thir- 39 by 6. <laughs> yeah. Dude, 
rewatching watching this series uh and watching this guy play the witness reinforces to me that i think the witness is one of the most underrated video games ever i think it is a work of utter genius mm-hmm. and is it is a an absolute masterwork the witness what a triumph of game design that is it is mind-boggling how good a game it is uh, and no one talks about it or at least i don't hear anybody talking about it it's not thrown around with those like it's, it's just so brilliant the witness anyway it will remind you of that and it is so charming to watch simon anthony play the witness i highly recommend on cracking the cryptic the youtube channel uh to to check it out it's many many hours but it is it's it's good good watching we also got a listener suggested parting gift this was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com this was sent to us by rob maxwell rob says uh hey guys Uimai, Uimai, U-Y-M-A-I. Apologies if I mispronounced that. But Uimai from the Discord here. I've been waiting for the pandemic to end and everything to start back <laughs> and everything to start back up to recommend the musical Come From Away to everyone who will listen. It's basically a collection of stories revolving around Gander, Newfoundland, Canada. When September 11th happened and 38 planes landed in a town of 10,000 people. Conveniently, it's receiving the Hamilton treatment and streaming starting on September 10th on Apple TV Plus. I highly recommend it. I've never heard of this come from away, but uh, thank you for suggesting it, Rob. Apple Uh, TV Plus getting a lot of love on this podcast tonight. Apple TV Plus delivering the goods lately. Um. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you, Rob, for that. I mean, we just had September 11th the anniversary. I think a, a great, great time to make a suggestion uh, for this. And I'm, I'm curious to check it out. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Joseph Moran and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star those awesome bumpers thank you to everyone in our live chat for making the show better in real time we appreciate that as well and thank you to you for downloading us for listening to us we're grateful and we'll be here next week until then think about what you put out into the world make it a better place